You're listening to the Lovish Podcast, where we help Christian women of color go from feeling overwhelmed, invalidated, and unappreciated to boundary-enforcing, confident women embracing their unique identity and thriving according to God's word. In today's episode, we're talking about what an emotional crisis is, signs that you might be experiencing one, tips for managing an emotional crisis, and because I'm a therapist, I'm going to give you some resources too. Stay tuned, sis. Welcome to the Lovish Podcast, a practical weekly podcast centered on mental wellness, faith, relationships, and you guessed it, love. I'm your host, Sita Hood, a licensed clinical social worker. Now, sis, I should mention before we hop into the show, this is not a substitute for a relationship with a licensed therapist. You ready? Let's get it. This episode is brought to you by the Pink Emerald Retreat. At this three-day intimate weekend retreat for boss babes, high-achieving career women, and recovering strong friends, you're going to walk away with increased productivity, no more brain clutter, a customized plan of action for daily living and getting things done, a unique blueprint for your life, discovering your identity and purpose, and a stronger sense of peace without compromising your boundaries as you support and love on the people in your life. For more information, go to thepinkemerald.com forward slash retreat. Hey girl, hey, how are you feeling? I don't mean that in a polite, but I don't care kind of way. Like really, how are you feeling today? As you're listening to this podcast, you might be driving, you might be taking a shower, you might be washing dishes, but I want you to really pause mentally to see how you feel. Is there any tension in your body? Did something frustrating happen today? Did something exciting happen today? What emotions are you feeling? I don't really think that we do mental health checks nearly enough or we do subpar versions of mental health checks. And what I mean by subpar versions is this. You have a conversation with your friend and you like, hey, girl, how you doing? You spend about five minutes talking about how they're doing. And realistically speaking, you might not even really be listening to what they're saying. And as soon as they're done with their answer, you take the conversation right on back to something else, a.k.a. half-hearted-ish. We got to stop these half-hearted versions of conversations like y'all already know that's the entire reason for this podcast. We got to let that go. We already talked about in episode three on mental wellness and Jesus, why your mental health matters. And a lot of you listening probably already know that your mental health matters. Otherwise, you wouldn't really be listening to a podcast like this unless, of course, somebody sent it to you. I would argue 
you that where a lot of you probably get stuck is in an emotional crisis. Basically, an emotional crisis is your response to a challenge or issue or trauma. So if we were to put it into layman's terms, it's usually a situation that throws you off of your game. So a couple of signs that you might be in an emotional crisis could be that you are ultra reactive or you are uber numb or indifferent. Now, to be super clear, a trauma doesn't have to mean something that's necessarily like major, like huge happened. Trauma could be a small version of trauma or a medium version of trauma or An emotional crisis could come simply because you have maxed out on your emotional capacity. So an example of that is the pandemic. So I will use myself as an example. During the pandemic, when it first hit, I was not one of those people that just like kind of freaked out initially. I was pretty much good. I'm like, okay, this is weird, but whatever. The kids got to stay home. Um... You know, I got to manage the kids. It's all good. But then, sis, sis, (laughs) then we hit month number three. Okay. So once we hit month number three, that's kind of when I was having an emotional crisis. And as a therapist, I think I was able to come out of my emotional crisis a little bit easier than maybe someone else would have because I have the skills and tools to be able to process what was happening to me. So let me just like paint the picture of why my emotional crisis came. Number one, I'm a therapist. So if you've been paying attention, then you already know that like mental health crises went through the roof when the pandemic hit. So therapists and uh, just healthcare in general was just like super packed, super busy, and it became like high priority. So I'm working more hours in my practice. My husband was working out of town on an assignment and I had a one-year-old at the time and a seven-year-old. So daycares were closed. My daughter is still having to do school. I'm still having to do sessions. And the first two months I was like, okay, yeah, we can do this. It's all good. But then when they came to month number three and we're like, yeah, y'all still in the house. I'm like, yo, what is happening? happening like I think I actually cried at that point not because um you know I didn't want to be in the house with my kids I really didn't mind that part I think it was just the fear of the unknown and not really knowing like how I was going to continue managing all the things because I am a person, I have like a type A personality. So when I'm doing my sessions, I hate for you to be able to hear like, you know, my kids yelling in the background or something like that. And for me to be trying to manage my daughter's classes while also having to try to manage my one-year-old who doesn't know how to be quiet or any better and having nobody to be able to um, help me out with him, that was like super stressful. And then to not really have like an end date for that 
it was scary. It was scary. And I would gather that probably a lot of you listening to this can identify with just how scary that was because you guys probably had to deal with some of the same things. So that is an example of reaching your max emotional capacity. I'm having to support people with all the things that they're experiencing in the pandemic. There's a height in um, crimes against people of color, which is impacting me because I have um, white clients on my caseload. And so being there for them while also supporting my clients of color and my black clients. And it was just a whole lot, a whole lot to manage, a whole lot to deal with. So you could be ultra reactive where you are you know, cursing people out all the time, yelling, fussing, screaming, or maybe your ultra reactive doesn't look like that. Maybe being ultra reactive looks like your anxiety is at play. So you want to plan everything to a T. Talking to myself here, talking to myself. Okay. All right. (laughs) Okay. Um, you want to plan everything to a T because it gives you a sense of control. So that could be your version of ultra reactive or on the flip side, you could be numb or indifferent. So what that indifference looks like is just mediocrity, accepting what it is. And I think after a certain number of months, a lot of us probably got to that version or a level of mediocrity or numbness. Because another um, responsibility that I had is my husband and I are youth directors at our church. So we were still having to like lead services and stuff. And the people at church were feeling a little bit anxious, too. So I'm like, yo, God, you're going to have to give me the songs to sing. You're going to have to give me the words to say. I, I have no clue how to show up. And so the Holy Spirit did just that, gave me the words to say, the songs to sing, etc. But after a period of time, then I did feel like, okay, so now what? And so those are the different reactions and responses that you might have when you are in an emotional crisis. And people handle things different ways. So some people might kick up a notch on their spending. Some people might spend less because they're afraid of the future. Some people may have um, emotional eating that might happen or excessive working out or sleeping too much or sleeping too little. It really just depends on the person. And the part that sucks is that in communities of color, we do not manage emotional crisis well. And that's where I think this term or these terms um, from like older generations that will hear them say nervous breakdown or even the show on oxygen snapped. I think that's where a lot of this comes from because we don't manage emotional crises well. So it's time for us to break the stigma. Life happens to us all. And when life happens, we all experience emotional crises. And I said crises as in plural because baby girl, you're not just going to have one life crisis and that's it. Like if you're going to be refined, if you're going to be this woman of character, of stature, a confident bae, you're going to have to go through some emotional crises and some trials for your character to be built up into the woman that God called you to be. So let's talk about ways to manage emotional crises. Very first way to manage an emotional crisis is to recognize it. 
And then don't try to cover it up. You need to be honest about where you're at in life, like where you are and how you're dealing with things. So at about month three, when it hit me and I started to like have my little freak out and my meltdown, part of me being able to get through that crisis was having the ability to call my sister-in-law, who is also a therapist, and talk to her about how I was feeling and being able to process my thoughts about like, man, girl, this is like super hard to be supporting other people right now, but also, um, you know, personally supporting people. So supporting people professionally as a therapist, but then also as a wife, as a mother, as a friend, you know, in all of these roles that we play in life. So recognizing it and then not trying to cover it up. And in that, you have to get the appropriate help. So for me, you know, I'm always going to advocate for therapy. And as an advocate for therapy, you guys know if you listen to episode four, that I made some worksheets for you on how to find a therapist. So I'm going to link those same worksheets for you in the show notes for this episode, because you have to be real about where you're at, and then you have to get the help or the support that you need. And that support could look like a professional. So it could look like therapy, but it could also look like family and friends. I don't want to take away from the natural support of family and friends. So if you need to talk to somebody, if you need more from them, if you need to redefine your relationship, get the support from family and friends. When we try to cover it up or act like we're good, trust me, it's going to come out one way or another. I always tell my clients that a lot of times you're like trying to avoid a blow up and you're also trying to stuff down your emotions that are attached to whatever you're feeling. And when you're trying to stuff it down, it's going to come out in your actions or it's going to come out in the form of that nervous breakdown or that snapped episode that we talked about earlier. Another part of recognizing it and not trying to cover it up is honestly submitting to God and his will for you during the specific season. This is the simple part, and we forget this so often. Now, God knows how to turn up the heat and make stuff chaotic for us. And a lot of times when we are in emotionally chaotic situations, that could be a result of our disobedience. Not all the time, but sometimes God will kick it up as a result of our disobedience. If we think about Noah... Noah went all the way out of his way to avoid doing what God told him to do. And man, he had a hard time as a result of acting a fool like that. Like he went all the way off to the opposite end of the world where God told him to be. And the Holy Spirit just made things uber challenging for him. So if your situation is emotionally chaotic right now, then I need you to ask yourself honestly and truly or ask the Holy Spirit if it's something that you're not obeying him on. If there's an area that he's calling you to do more and that you've been avoiding. And if it's not that, then surrendering to the season that God, this is where you have me. 
God, how do I learn from this situation? How do I grow? What is the lesson that you're trying to teach me? How can I practice contentment in this season? And that's, you know, it can be really tough to do that when you feel like you're in the middle of an emotional crisis, but also is so very important to do that because that is how you are going to be able to manage all of those difficult emotions. You have to acknowledge it. You have to feel the feelings. You have to sit with the feelings, allow the feelings to exist and not try and pretend like they're not real. Another thing to do to manage an emotional crisis is to make boundaries your bestie. And I'm going to say it again for the folks in the back. Make boundaries your bestie. Listen, y'all, I'm not going to lie. Y'all already know if you follow me for any particular amount of time, the boundaries thing is a tough conversation for me because I deal with so many clients that are struggling to make boundaries their bestie and as a result are caught up in a lot of emotional crises and honestly breakdowns because of a lack of boundaries and we have to release cultural expectations around boundaries there is this unspoken expectation that because we're family because we're this because we're filling the blank your boss whatever because we went through this experience together, I am entitled to X, Y, Z. Baby girl, you're not entitled to anything, okay? Okay. The sooner that we come to understand that, the better life will be for you and for me. No one owes you anything in life. No one, literally. So if someone wants to, one, set a boundary with me, I have to respect that. And then two, if I want to set a boundary with them, they have to respect that. It is not being mean for me to set a boundary with somebody. And I know that we love everybody, but just because you love something don't mean it's good. Too much of anything is going to be harmful for you. So boundaries are put in place for a reason. But even before we're talking about our relationships, we have to think about your emotional capacity. What is your life load like right now? Do you have the emotional capacity to deal with everything that you have going on right now? Have you dealt with your emotional baggage that you might be carrying around? And what I mean by that is unresolved issues from a previous situation that impact your ability to see the current situation for what it is. I'm going to break that down really quickly. Let's say that you have issues with one of your parents and they are not there for you in the way that you thought that they should be there for you. As a result of your issues with, let's just say, your mother now you see a lot of women, a lot of older women that you come into contact with through the lens that you saw your mom in. So you respond very negatively to them because that's the lens that you view them from, as opposed to resolving the issues and the emotional baggage that you had there to prevent future emotional crises as a result of your baggage. Makes sense? Makes sense, sis? Hopefully. 
So right along with that, we have to evaluate your emotional capacity on a regular basis. And I want you to know something. You always have the freedom to evaluate somebody's level of support or even your capacity to support other people based on what you are experiencing at the time. That is not wrong to do. It is not even weird to do. We need to normalize that because we should always be in a process of Um, evaluating what is working for our life because as life changes our situations adjust and uh, also change and also transform so you have the ability to evaluate whether you can properly support somebody and it's not being mean to say like hey you know I'm sorry I can't really manage supporting you in this way right now let's think about this That feels weird to say if you're not really used to setting boundaries, but let's say you don't say it and then you go ahead and you give them the yes that they want from you, but then you don't show up 100% fully present in supporting them. That actually might hurt more than if you had just said it's a bit too much for me right now because I have a lot going on. Make sense? You love them, but you just can't for this season of your life. I want to give you guys one more tip on managing emotional crises. But before we do that, we are going to have a word from our sponsor for this episode. Hey, girl, did you know that statistics show black women have a higher chance of developing high blood pressure and other subtle life-threatening diseases? Not to mention the mental health diagnoses we don't talk about. As a licensed therapist, I talk to women both in and outside of my office about ways to take off the superwoman cape and be themselves. Being a black therapist, I know how culturally we're often pressured to set aside our own mental wellness to do what we have to do. Girl, I've been there and I've learned how to stop the cycle and now I teach other women to do the same thing inside of the Pink Emerald Collective. The Pink Emerald Collective is centered on three pieces, establishing our identity, providing you with practical strategies and solid connections with a squad. Take Shanetta, for example. She thought she didn't have the time or the money to invest in herself because she thought it meant taking up a lot of space in her schedule when she had a lot to do. She also thought it might mean spending a ton of money for something that would give her temporary or superficial results like a massage or a bubble bath. Now, don't get me wrong, sis. That stuff has its place, but it's not going to help you take off the cape and flourish in life. Shanetta was tired of putting herself on the back burner. She joined the Pink Emerald Collective and learned how to carve out time for herself, resting intentionally, making boundaries her bestie while loving on the people in her life. And she is now connected to a tribe of amazing women who value sisterhood just like her. Enrollment for the collective with the 14-day trial is now open. And when you join, you get access to our free bonus course, The Boss Babe Reset, a 30-minute bite-sized masterclass to help you reset your routines. So if you're tired of being put on the back burner and you're looking for a squad, go to thepinkemerald.com forward slash collective to join today and grab your freebie. 
Okay, the very last tip that I have for ways to manage an emotional crisis is going to be understanding flourishing versus hustling with minimal productivity. A lot of times we're like, yeah, girl, I get that. This is super stressful. But right now I'm in hustle mode. I got to get this done. And trust me, sis, I 100% understand what it's like to be in hustle mode. But I have since probably two years ago switched from the hustle hard mentality to the hustle responsibly mentality. And I say hustle responsibly just because I do believe that there are seasons where we have to hustle and there needs to be some pace in our step about getting things done. And I do believe that God will call us to seasons where we have to work effectively and efficiently. But hustling responsibly means that I am also listening for when he tells me to rest during that hustle season. Hustle hard mentality is by any means necessary, get it done, grind, 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 go, go, go. I don't subscribe to that mentality. So like I said, I've adopted the hustle responsibly mentality. And I believe when you hustle responsibly, then you get to understand what it feels like to flourish in this current season of life. Because in every season of life, we're supposed to be walking with the Holy Spirit. We're supposed to be learning from him, hearing from him. And that also means that us functioning us functioning as human beings the way that God designed us to function. He doesn't want us overworked. He doesn't want us too exhausted to do what he called us to do. He doesn't want us too burned out to be able to carry out the missions that he assigned us to. So we have to understand flourishing versus this version of hustling when we're not even that productive. (laughs) If you're burned out and you're trying to hustle, the truth is you're probably doing subpar work. Uh, Yeah, girl, I said it. Uh, Yep, probably doing subpar work. Anyway, to overcome this, then you want to basically assess your priorities again. You might need to scale back based on your capacity, based on your emotional capacity, your physical capacity, what's your support levels like right now, what's going on, what do you have on your plate right now in terms of work, in terms of home, in terms of life projects, what can you manage? So if we go back to that example of the pandemic with me being at home, I did not have the emotional capacity to support people outside of my job as a therapist, my role as a wife and a mother. So you have to look at what areas you might need to scale back in. And I want you to remember that rest actually increases your productivity. So many times when we have these life projects, we feel like if we actually pause to take a break, it's going to jack up our productivity because we have so much to get done. And I feel you, girl, sometimes I still get caught in that cycle, but we have to remember that your rest increases productivity. When we're resting, when our brain is not cluttered, when we don't feel like we are in a state of emotional crisis, then the Holy Spirit can pour into us. Then he can actually give us ideas and tell us the ways that he want he wants us to carry out his will. He uses empty vessels. If you are already filled up with everything else in between, what he going to pour into you? 
he ain't got no room to pour nothing inside, girl, because you're too full of everything else. So you have to become empty. You have to empty yourself before him. You have to let go of all the baggage. You have to be honest about where you are. And I want y'all to remember at the end of the day, sis, if you (laughs) don't want to go to God and decide to rest for yourself, I would like to draw your attention to Psalm 23 and his word where it says he makes me lie down in green pastures. That means that the Holy Spirit knows that there are times where sis be doing too much and sis needs to just set on down. So he will make you set on down so that you can rest and you can be restored. If I can't be still, he knows how to make me be still. So you need to really look at and consider what your version of flourishing is in this season. And God gives us future insight. He gives us future vision and ways that we see our life for the future. So the question that I want to challenge you to explore is how can you bring some of that future vision into the here and now? And I want you to think about this in very practical ways. So I have a goal of getting a massage every single week. That's just my personal goal, right? So um, when I was at the point where I was trying to figure out how I could make that happen, the very first thing that I did is say, okay, go sign up for a membership and just start getting massages once a month. That's how I can bring some of that future vision into the here and now to give you a little bit of a taste of the future so that you are motivated to push on. Make sense? Hopefully. It's time to talk about what I've been loving, product recommendations, shout outs to family and friends, and overall gratitude. Let's get into it. Baby, baby, baby. Oh, hey girl. (laughs) I was just taking a little bit of a break and I've decided that I'm going to leave these little singing clips into the podcast because y'all probably want to get to know a little bit about me. And if you do, then I sing. That's what I do. My husband be like, girl, shut up. (laughs) And I didn't realize that, um, you know, singers really do walk around the house just singing. Hmm, Interesting. But my daughter does it. So that's how I realized that it's actually a real thing. Anywho, child, we ain't here to talk about singing skills. We are here to talk about what I have been loving this week. This week, I have been loving my journal moments with God. When I tell y'all Holy Spirit be coming through with a clutch, okay, Holy Spirit, he be coming through with a clutch, okay? If you do not spend moments journaling with God, sis, that's something you need to get into, okay? Um, One of the ways that I manage my emotional crisis is by journaling. And sometimes I do like stream of consciousness journaling where I'm just like talking about my day. And then other times I am journaling prayers to God. Recently, I have started to use the Villa Beautiful Wellness Journal, which I absolutely love. I am going to um, link that journal for you guys in the show notes. Um, I'm also give you like a little link to get $5 off of the journal. It's an affiliate link, but um, 
I'm going to tell y'all why I love this journal so much because it has prompts, but it also has like a free space of writing. So um, it has like your mood, your energy levels, how much sleep you got, uh, whether you exercised, what you did for self-care, a space for gratitude and positive affirmations, and then a free space. And it is like totally customizable. So that's what I love about it. And that is what I have been using and loving this week. All right, boo, I hope that you enjoyed this week's episode. We discussed three ways to manage emotional crisis with the first one being recognizing it and then not trying to cover it up. We talked about making boundaries your bestie as point number two. And then the very last tip is understanding the difference between flourishing between your seasons and hustling with minimal productivity. And I told you that I was going to hit you up with some resources, so I am going to link them all in the show notes. The first resource is going to be a video to help you become more self-aware and regulate your emotions. That's called Baywatch. The second resource is going to be those worksheets that we talked about to help you find a therapist. And the third resource is going to be the VB Wellness Journal with $5 off. This is the journal that I have been loving and using. Per usual, sis, if you are enjoying the show, please take some time to share the love, send it to a friend, And then head on over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star review. If you want to keep up with me out of these social media streets, then you can follow me on Instagram at Hood. S-E-I-D-A-H-O-O-D. I'll talk to you next week, boo.